paid parental leave being debated again in Parliament. Members opposite should hang their heads in shame. They have insulted every parent in New Zealand. Nationals Nicola Willis had a member's bill that would have allowed both parents to take parental leave at the same time. And it was popular with the Greens. We believe that the conversation is really an important one to have as a country. An act? It's just a a no-brainer that we support this. But Labour voted against it. We do not want to see the amount of time that families have reduced, and we consider that this bill would do that. Much to the anger of National. I don't know whether this is petty politics from Labour, but what they seem to be articulating in Parliament today was that it was their preference that those who give birth to people should stay at home for longer. And I find that that is a sentiment that belongs in the 1950s. But it's not the first time the two major parties have clashed over a member's bill on paid parental leave. When National was in power in 2016... The government has shut down Labor's paid parental leave bill using its power of financial veto for the first time in the history of Parliament. It would have seen paid parental leave raised to 26 weeks, but even though it has majority support, the government has blocked it. Kia ora, I'm Tom Kitchen, and today on The Detail, paid parental leave. How does it work, and how much do parents get? How do we stick up with what's on offer in other countries? Yeah, New Zealand doesn't do very well in those stats. And can employers do better? There'll be, you know, some people who might be in a leadership role who either either don't have kids or they might be in a position where they've got a partner who, you know, is the primary caregiver of children and so therefore it's not really on their radar. We talked to two experts about the realities of parenthood and workplace support for people raising kids. To lay out the paid parental leave entitlements, here's Dr Susie Morrissey, the Director of Policy and Research at the Retirement Commission. She's a chartered accountant, and while her current job has her focused on issues impacting the other end of someone's life, she's done a lot of research into policy and gender, and did a PhD examining paid parental leave in New Zealand and Norway. So paid parental leave is in two parts. It's 26 weeks of leave from work, and it's also 26 weeks of payment and they don't have to go to the same person, but they often do. It started off being much shorter, but that's that's essentially what it is now. And it's a payment from the government, isn't it? That's right. It's not paid by employers, it's paid by government. So that's actually one of the unusual features of parental leave in New Zealand, is that it's funded by government out of tax revenue. Many other countries around the world... They have social insurance or national insurance in some form, and that's where parental leave is normally paid from. And so we're quite unusual in in New Zealand that we actually have to dip into the general coffers to to pay for parental leave rather than into a sort of dedicated pot that has been put together to pay for these social entitlements. So that's one of the reasons that perhaps parental leave is paid so low at such a low rate in New Zealand. What kind can... of rate is it paid at? So the most you can get at the moment is $712.17 a week gross. Um, that works out to about 37k a year if you annualise it, but Ooh, um, that is, that's actually 10k less than minimum wage. So um, yeah, so minimum wage, a 40-hour week at minimum wage is 908 dollars gross and parental leave is only 712. Do employers potentially help top it up for you or are you stuck on that rate? 
Over recent years, employers have started to think about parental leave and start to think about what they can do to support their employees. And so some of them will do top-ups, some of them will continue some form of payment during that time, or some of them contribute make KiwiSaver contributions during that time, which is a key thing that carers, generally women, can miss out on when they're away from paid work. So there's a range of things that employers are starting to do. Um, But of course, that's going to be only for a certain group of of parents. For many of them, that will simply be all that they receive during that time. So how is this split up between two parents? So parental leave is, is... first allocated to the the birth parent um, or the primary carer in the case of adoption. So that's where it goes in the first instance. But that person is able to move to, to share either all or part of that leave with another person. And they've always been able to do that. They've always been able to share it with a partner, even a same-sex one from the very beginning when it was introduced. So that's um, nicely progressive. And partners are entitled to one or two weeks leave, is that right? Correct. Unpaid. But um, yes, one or two weeks unpaid leave, that is the allocation for partners. But how do we get here in New Zealand? I mean, when did we start thinking about this and what was the first kind of policy that we had? Yeah, so we've um, only had parental leave relatively recently. It was introduced in 2002. The government will end months of speculation this afternoon when it outlines its paid parental leave provisions. These are expected to include 12 weeks paid leave for working parents effective from the middle of next year. Which was quite late internationally. By that stage, um, it was really only us, Australia and the US that weren't giving some form of of paid leave. So we were very late to the party. Um, It was introduced at 12 weeks leave and it replaced unpaid maternity leave. And it's always been this wage replacement, but with a low cap. It's always been that. And we've had changes since 2002. We've had regular extensions, for obviously from 12 through 14, 16, 18, 22, uh, to finally to 26 weeks. It is our intention that from the 1st of July 2018, pay parental leave will increase to 22 weeks. From the 1st of July 2020, paid parental leave will extend to 26 weeks. And we've also had changes, uh, annual increments uh, to the amount of the cap. And we've had some changes that have extended eligibility, just reflecting the fact that some of us are in irregular work or change jobs um, you know, within 12 months of, of having a child. And so some changes that were announced in Budget 14 kind of um, have helped open up the eligibility criteria. All right, so it started with, was it 12, 12. weeks? started yeah. with 12 weeks. And then yeah. it's slowly gone up from there, has it? Mm, yeah. Yes. But it's yep. been a real political football, hasn't it? I mean, when Labor wanted to make it 26 weeks and... 2016, National said no. The Finance Minister Bill English vetoed the extension, saying its price tag of $278 million over four years was simply unaffordable. The government hadn't budgeted for it. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. It has it has managed to extend, but over the over time. But yes, uh, sometimes it's been quite quite sensitive, and it hasn't always had full agreement in the House as we've as we've seen recently. And that brings us back to what happened last week private member's bill from National proposed to allow parents to be taking parental leave at the same time. So, as I said, you can share parental leave, but generally speaking, the idea is that 
be one parent taken, then the next parent would take their turn, as it were. And the National Amendment was to allow those parents to take leave at the same time. And that was that was blocked um, by Labor, who, who didn't want to see that happen. Let's have more ambition for our children and our families. Let's actually take this half-baked idea and turn it into something really magnificent. I have birthed four children, and I find it insulting for members opposite to imply that women do not know what care arrangements best suit their family. Yeah, what did you think when you saw that latest bill get voted down? Yeah, so it was. It's, it's quite a hard question, actually, whether it's a good idea to have both parents at home at the same time. Obviously, the idea of sharing leave is about both parents being able to both connect with the, the baby, but also to start taking on those caring responsibilities, uh, and particularly with a view that they might extend then further as the child um, grows up, and also other non-caring but domestic duties that are undertaken when somebody is uh, in the household rather than in in paid work. So the idea of both parents taking a turn is is very much supported in terms of best practice. But generally speaking, when that happens, that's with leave that's of a much longer duration. 26 weeks, while great, and a vast improvement on the 12 weeks that we started with, still actually not that long if a mother is breastfeeding or had a caesarean or, you know... Um, who still might just want all of that time herself. So I suspect what um, what people might be thinking there in terms of sharing leave would be that it would be much better to do that if you actually had a longer period of leave to start with. Okay. So basically under Nationals' bill, like it would have to be with that 26 weeks with both of them, Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So you'd have that 26 weeks in total and then you'd be making that decision, okay, is is mum, for example, going to have, you know, whatever it is, 20 of those and dad is going to take six so that he can be with them at the same time? And But it would, you know, because because you've only got that 26 weeks in total, any time that, um, that the dad or a partner takes out of that is a, is a reduction in, the, in what's available then to the mother. And when you compare New Zealand's paid parental leave scheme to other countries, we don't do too well when it comes to supporting the other parent. We do poorly on terms of access, payment and duration. So in terms of access is essentially for partners, fathers and partners. We do really poorly that we don't have any independent entitlement to paid leave that is no longer normal practice anymore. More than more than 90 countries have have paid paternal leave so we're kind of, we're quite out of step there so that's the first thing then there's the payment the recommended minimum payment is two-thirds of prior earning so that's the kind of the amount that the international labor organization and the european commission advise that it's at least two-thirds of prior earnings and so that's not the case for us yeah, New Zealand doesn't do very well in those stats because it doesn't have any paid leave for fathers. Uh, it's at the end of the scale there with Australia and um, because it doesn't have very long periods, it loses out not just to the Scandinavian countries that we might think of as being really good in this regard, but Japan as well, other um, number of other countries. Well, you're an expert on Norway, I'd gather. Mm. Uh, so how does Norway compare to New Zealand? Yeah, so Norway um, has a year for up to a year for each parent, 
What? Um, and then, yeah. Okay. And, and then, um, and then a guaranteed ECE place for the child when it turns two. So, yeah. Let me just get this straight. So in New Zealand, we have 26 weeks, so that's half a year, and mm-hmm. only one parent can have that. In Norway, they have well, they have one a year for each parent, so basically it's two Correct. years. Yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. I mean, New Zealand likes to think of itself as pretty ahead or like, you know, forward thinking maybe in this space, but clearly we're not. No, it's definitely a policy that's got, you know, that's got room for improvement in terms of meeting other people's um, internationally. Yeah, we're not, we're not really at the, the best practice level with this particular policy. It's great that we have it, don't get me wrong. Um, it's a vast improvement in not having it. But, um, but yeah, the way it's currently structured, it's still very much maternity leave. It's still only used by, only 2% of it is used by fathers in New Zealand and arguably that's in part because of that 26-week duration is not very much to share and, and probably um, there's an element of the fiscal constraints in there given what it's paid at. It's election year now, isn't it? I mean, we can dream big. I mean, we've, we're behind in so many ways. But is there anything that you would like to see? I think the key one is having some dedicated leave for fathers so that where you've got two parents, both of them are able to spend some time at home with their with their child. So that would be um, that would be a key development if we could do that. A fa- uh, failing that, or as well as if we're dreaming big, um, extending the period of parental leave out from twenty six weeks, and then I think really I appreciate we're in difficult fiscal times, but. Um, that, that payment rate um, of essentially less than minimum wage is really is really low. And so if there was the potential to raise that, then that would be another thing that would bring us more in line with international best practice. So I'm actually, I'm in a random corridor um, at the Ramada Hotel in Monaco. I just, um, I just delivered a workshop um, at the Tudor Centre and my kids and little brother upstairs in the hotel room so I thought I'd just hang out in the corridor because it will be quieter. This is Dr Ellen Joan Nelson, a speaker, trainer and leadership consultant and mum of two. My underlying purpose is that I want to make the working world better for women and parents in a way that makes it better for everyone. Because those childcare responsibilities don't end when you finish parental leave. I really believe that people can have better experiences in the workplace if they feel that they can belong, that they have more autonomy to also deal with things outside of their work and when they have purpose. And when people have great experience in the workforce, my goodness, they do their best work. So it's commercially smart. How do you juggle that role that you have as a leadership consultant uh, with being a mum? So I'm not going to say I've got it perfectly nailed because that would be uh, incorrect. I don't generally work Fridays um, because that's when I've got my two-year-old. Hence, he's come with me to Auckland today. Um, I effectively work school hours. I do travel a little bit for work and and where possible, I bring the kids with me. Yeah, it's a bit of a juggle. I, I get to spend lots of time with the kids, but I also get to do the work that I'm really passionate about. Part of Alan's job is talking to employers about how they can make their workplaces more family friendly. How does she rate how they're doing when it comes to things like paid parental leave? Um, I mean, a lot of the companies do just 
basically provide what is required of them from a legal perspective when it comes to paid parental leave. There are other organisations who go above and beyond. The, I mean, the paid parental leave is part of it, and I know that that is today's discussion, but it's also about well, what happens when they return from parental leave. And the organisations, the more that they do to basically make life less tricky, the better it is for the organisation because when their staff member is at work, they really perform for them. So organisations that are more creative around when might be the hours that we work so that someone can, for example, go and do school collection or, you know, maybe we don't need to set a team meeting at four o'clock in the afternoon. Perhaps we could put that during school hours. Maybe we could, you know, have some of our timelines through the year maybe more aligned to the school terms, for example, so that it's, you know, a little bit less busy during the school holidays. It's just about doing, you know, practical steps to make a tangible improvement for the lives of those parents and doing it in a way that's, you know, beneficial for other staff as well who are not parents. But is there appetite for companies to actually make change or is it looking pretty bleak out there? Actually, no. I, I get excited. I'm an eternal optimist. So when I go into organisations, I don't go in there by saying, hey, these are the outcomes that parents are having and it's all a bit tough. That's my heart. I want to change things from a social point of view. But actually, I go in there and show them why this is commercially smart. So, you know, we go into things like, okay, it's really difficult to attract and retain talent at the moment. Remuneration is not just about money. There are other ways to remunerate people, which could be time or flexibility. So how do you create conditions that allow you to attract and retain great talent? Have you dealt with many companies that just don't care or just don't understand not really, but that's probably more by design. So I'm typically doing organisation, uh, sorry, work with organisations who actually want to do something better. So, you know, the ones that have no interest, uh, I don't know, I sort of feel like, well, they'll, they'll lose staff at some point. So I, I haven't really even gone there. But have you ever kind of walked into an organisation and they have an appetite, they really want to do something better, but then you look at something and you're quite shocked about how bad it is? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. But also I, I really go in there not with the lens of, you know, making people feel bad about all the bad things they're doing or going in there with a critical lens. It's more about, okay, cool. There's lots of opportunities then to make some improvements. Um, and it's interesting the blind spots we have. You know, we've all got them. I'm, you know, I certainly have them as well. I'm not immune to it. But there'll be, you know, some people who might be in a leadership role who either either don't have kids or they might be in a position where they've got a partner who you know, is the primary caregiver of children. And so therefore it's not really on their radar how it might be really difficult juggling some of these things. And so when you just explain it, they're like, oh, okay, well now I see it. I can't unsee it. Um, so now I'm going to do something about it. It's not about providing support in a way that's then, you know, shafting all the non-parents or in a way that's now going to negatively impact the business performance. I, I want to be really clear, that's not what I'm about. I'm not saying give support at the expense of. I'm saying give support because then you as a business will benefit more. Uh, and I think the biggest thing is about just having really open conversations with staff when they return from parental leave. And the phrase I often use is, how might we make this work? So it's a case of the organisation or the leader being really clear on this is what I need achieved. This is, you know, this is what I need to be done in this role. This is the standard I require it uh, to be done to. Uh, this is the deadline for it to be achieved by. 
And then now parent, what are your requirements? And they might say, well, look, I really want to be able to pick up my kids from school, say a couple of days a week or, or all of the days of the week, or I might want one day at home and not have my kid in childcare that day or whatever it is. And then it's just about building a bridge between the two. So really clear on what is the what does the leader need from an organisational point of view? What does the staff member need? And it's just a case of, well, how might we make this work? Is there anything you kind of want to see from central government space that would help parents who are returning to work, going to work? So I'm, I guess, kind of clear in the space that I operation, if that makes sense. So, yes, of course, it's, you know, it's always great if there's, you know, national legislation and policies in place to, you know, help and support parents. So, Yes, I think that's a good idea. Uh, the work that I'm doing, though, is very much organisation focused. So I don't want to sort of make an organisation feel like something's been imposed on them and therefore they do it begrudgingly. I want to work with organisations to show them why this will benefit them. So it's not this like, oh, bugger, we've got to do this thing for the parents. It's no, this is how you're going to get better outcomes for your organisation if you provide these conditions for people parents but also non-parents this is a commercially smart idea and and therefore they'll be far more likely to actually embrace this stuff uh, as opposed to it just being kind of imposed on them and they you know do the bare minimum because they have to so Mm. my my goal was more to work on the organizational side so they they see why this actually is a good thing for them that's it for today i'm tom kitchen the detail is supported by the public interest journalism fund Today's episode was engineered by Phil Bench. Our producers are Sarah Robson and Bonnie Harrison. Thanks to Susie Morrissey and Alan Joe Nelson. Ma te wa. Mm-hmm.